So I've been at the Appraisal Summit in Las Vegas. I've been talking and bumping into various folks. I've been encouraging folks to get involved, to join organizations. And the one here uh, this week has been the National Association of Appraisers. And believe it or not, we've had several folks decide to, to join as a consequence of what they've heard during this uh, conference. Are you associated with any organization? Should you be involved with an association? Hey, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update, brought to you by Appraiser eLearning. And I have Lori Egan with me. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hey, Brian. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I'm glad that you've uh, decided to sit in with me. I didn't have to twist your arm too hard. <laughs> So Lori Egan is the general manager of the William Fall Group. She is a founding member of the National Association of Appraisers, a past president, and currently the association manager. Wow, that's a lot of impressive stuff there, Lori. Well, thank you. So just real quickly, tell the folks listening, we got a little video going so some people can see us as well. Uh, tell the listeners what being a founding member what being a past president what being an association manager has meant to you with the national association of appraisers you know i have to say it's been the most rewarding experience of my professional career to be part of this group um you know this all started back uh during the time of the HVCC when a lot of changes were occurring. So uh, we founded in 2010. It was interesting how it came about. Um, I didn't know the founding members prior to this. Really? And, really? No, okay. No, I right. didn't. And what had happened was uh, during this time, you know, I was frantically trying to figure out how I was going to salvage my appraisal firm with the changes yeah. that occurred. With it was the scary HVCC. times. It was that was scary. Very scary. And I had a whole bunch of people relying on me to bring in business and support their families and all of that. And I knew I was going to have to change my business model. Right. And I didn't realize that what I was doing was starting an appraisal management company at the time. <laughs> I certainly didn't want to call it that, but I knew I had to change the model of my appraisal firm. Right. But I didn't I didn't know. I mean, we tried to we tried to stop the whole thing, but there wasn't anybody that could help. I called the National Chamber of Commerce. I called the National Association of Realtors. I called the Appraisal Institute. I called everybody and mm -hmm. said, "Do you realize what's going on here? What's happening?" Yeah, it's coming. It's yes. coming and coming and, in hot. Right, yeah, and yeah. a lot of people are saying it's not going to happen, and I'm saying I'm here to tell you it's going to happen, and we need to prepare. But there wasn't anybody that was there to to help us. So okay. I changed my business model, and during that period, you know, I knew I was completely on my own, and I had written an article, and I, and it was my experience that what we needed was something for appraisers was something like the National Association of Realtors, which right. is the world's North, North America's largest trade organization. It is, yeah. We don't have anything like that. We've got a whole bunch of appraisal organizations, but their primary purpose is an advocacy. It's education and issuing designations. And I have a lot of respect for every single one of sure, them. Sure, sure, sure. But there wasn't anybody advocating for us. So I had written this article, and then uh, I had attended the Association of Appraiser Regulatory Officials uh, meeting down okay. in San Diego. Yeah, Aero, uh, for folks listening that know, we call that Aero, Aero right? Precisely. Okay, all right. Um, and I bumped into Mike Brunson, 
And a uh, funny story about how I met George Harrison. I knew of him. I was a huge fan. I loved right, his publications right. and, and all of that. And I ended up actually seated next to him uh, oh. in the conference. And uh, so anyway, that's how that happened. Well, the three of us got together and had lunch. And they were talking about this concept that they had. And I said, you mean something like, you know, a National Association of Realtors for uh-huh. Appraisers? Uh-huh. And they said, that's exactly it. And I showed them this article I had written and (laughs) from there uh, that that was the end of that they asked me to participate as a founding member and serve on the first board and uh, oh my goodness yeah it was it was a really an amazing experience and so I've been with them ever since Um, so George served as our first president then there was Michael Brunson and then um, I uh, stepped in third right, right and then we had john dingman and now we have craig morley so. sure sure so NIA has been around for a little bit and I, I know most of the listeners probably have have heard of the you know organization or association but what i wanted to do is is focus and 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 you're so great at communicating uh some of these some of these accomplishments and some of the things we're trying to accomplish right and i think a lot of the listeners out there maybe have heard of the NAA. But they really don't know, you know, what what do they do or what have they done or what do they work for me? You know, I'm in Idaho or I'm in Miami or I'm in Kentucky. And so how's the National Association of Appraisers going to help me? And what would your response be to someone that asked that very question? Yeah. You know, I hear that a lot from appraisers. I think they estimate some 70% of appraisers are not affiliated with any professional association. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that hard to believe? It is. I mean, someone once, once told me, Brian, motorcycle clubs are more organized than appraisers. <laughs> and if you think about it, it's probably, I mean, look at all the motorcycle rallies around the country. And yet most appraisers, when you say, hey, how often are you around your peers or other appraisers? They're like, well, once a year when I take a CE yeah, class. Toiling that's about away it. and anonymity <laughs> in, the, in the basement <laughs> exactly, office. Yep, exactly. I totally understand. And that's, you know, that's understandable. It's the nature of our business. But, um, you know, our associations do far more for us than than we really know. And it, it may not be, we may not be able to do anything about the customary and reasonable fees mm-hmm. issue right. um, Im- immediately anyway, but we're, we're, we do all sorts of things. Like for example, we work very closely with, um, with HUD when the 4000.1 came out. And as an association, we made, I believe it was 31 suggested changes to mm-hmm. the draft that mm-hmm. they put together. 27 of those changes were adopted. It's amazing. Isn't that it's tremendous? Amazing. Yeah. And they were good changes. I mean, they were things that a practicing appraiser would read the language that was there and say, I don't understand what this means. Or, you know, there's this, but what about that? And, you know, it was uh, it was really a satisfying experience. We- and how, how wonderful is that, that FHA or HUD is listening to your recommendations? If they made that, if they modified that 4000.1, I mean, maybe they didn't do everything you asked them Not to do, everything. but they did the majority of right. what you asked them to do. That's pretty incredible. Right. So so the NAA does have some clout. That's we fair do. to say. You know, another uh, fun thing that we did a number of years ago is uh, we had changes made to the Fannie Mae Selling Guide. Okay. Um, there was, oh, goodness, it had to do with the way that the language was written in the selling guide with instruction on how to fill out the neighborhood section on the page one of the 1004 okay. 
versus the 1004 MC, and there was language. We, they knew what they meant, but nobody else knew what yeah. they meant. And so we offered some, some language changes. They adopted it within 30 days. Oh, my goodness. And that's that incredible. And that stands in the, in the selling guide today. That's incredible. You know, so I've had a lot of folks come up to me at the summit. We're in Las Vegas. What a, you know, and if, if people have never been... We certainly recommend they attend. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I'm, I've seen a lot of folks come up and grab me from Tennessee. and I, I do some live education in Tennessee, so it's, it's nice to see some of those folks uh, come in. Um, but everyone I've been talking to has, has seemed to be pretty optimistic, pretty satisfied with the with the speakers Mm -hmm. and really excited i mean we've had over 20 new members over the day and a half we've been here i just counted we actually have 21 that filled out applications and i've talked to at least that many more that are planning on signing up that's i mean that that's fantastic so and we we want folks to join the association and not only join get involved we've got 12 committees and there there never enough people to to help and you know i actually chair the government affairs committee and uh we haven't even talked about some yeah, of the things and that I want we've to. done yeah. we've done in recent uh months and, right, and years right. but uh that is probably the most active committee within the national association of appraisers and i can't do it all so. yeah so so let's talk but you do a tremendous amount i mean <laughs> Thank you. she's a rock star she really is so let's talk about that real quick because some people don't know i know we we educated one one person during the session and multiple folks came up to me afterwards uh you know for the for a little while now you've had to have a college degree to become a certified residential appraiser and there the you know that knocked a lot of folks out of entering the profession if you will my brother was one of them as a, as a business owner you could take somebody that had an associate's degree in real estate and maybe used to be a trainee or, or worked in a shop for years and really kind of knows what we do knocking on my door wanting a job and then you have another person that has zero experience knowing nothing but has, but a, has a four-year in degree theater, in theater yeah <laughs> and i want this guy but he can never be an appraiser so as a business owner i'm probably going to be forced to hire the less qualified person even though they have a four-year degree so what happened with that and that that changed uh, a, a little a year ago right. uh but tell us about what happened with that and then then i'll chime in with some of the some of the protocol on that as well right so you know this started um a number of years ago and when uh the aqb had uh issued a um the idea that they were going to update their minimum criteria mm-hmm. And so, so we provided some, some input on that, and the first order of business was to uh, offer up an alternative path to certification, right. where a licensed appraiser in good standing for a minimum of five years with their state would be eligible to sit for, or assuming they have the appraisal education, right, 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 um, could sit for the certified residential exam and become certified. Uh, without obtaining the college degree. And, um, you know, the the AQB looked at that and they said, hey, that's a great idea. And then a little bit later they said, no, we can't do that. 
And they had too much controversy, and then yeah. they came back and they said, no, we still think it's a really good idea. And then they said, no, no, we can't do it. Yeah. And then uh, the AQB minimum criteria came out in, what was that, May of 2018? 18, yeah. Um, and sh- it was in there. Yeah, It was yeah. in there, and I'm doing this big Yeah, thing. yeah, it's like, incredible. Well, no, they said they weren't going to do it, and they adopted it. And so that's option number six. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there, so now there's six options, and, and briefly I'll run through some of those, and I hope I get, <laughs> hope I get them right. Option number one, have a have a bachelor's degree, four-year degree in really anything. Mm-hmm. Option number two, have an associate's degree in a specific field of study, like an associate's degree in real estate, right? Mm-hmm. Option number three would be to take certain collegiate courses in lieu of a degree, and they're outlined in the Real Property Appraisal Qualification Criteria. Uh, I think there's 10, I might be wrong on that, but there's certain collegiate courses. Uh, option number four would be to challenge those or, or clep out of those past mm-hmm. the, you know, so that you qualify. Option number five is any combination of option number three and number four. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. And then option number six is? Uh, five years of experience as a licensed appraiser. Right. Uh, with the uh, requisite appraisal education and you can pass the exam. Right. No disciplinary action during that, that five-year period period right so you gotta gotta have a clean card and uh, be a residential appraiser for five years meet the other criteria but with zero college correct because now you can become a licensed appraiser without any college so guys that's a home run i mean that's huge huge. Uh, you know i know i know an appraiser and i know we're going to talk about some pending changes here in just a second and uh, i'm going to keep her here as long as i can uh because i could talk all day with Lori, but um you know, FHA had changed their protocol that, that from being licensed, you had to be certified. And I had a, I had a gentleman in, uh, in Clarksville, Tennessee, and he was licensed. And he had been doing FHA appraisal work for, probably for, decades. for decades and doing a good job. Probably one of the most qualified people to do that. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly that window of opportunity closed. That book of business for him closed. Now, let's, let's just let's think about this for a minute. He is 50 plus. He has children. He has grandchildren. He has a business to run and whatever else is on his plate. Is he going to set aside time to go back and get a four-year degree? There's no way. And so now here's an opportunity that after five years, and he's been licensed for decades, he can qualify now to try and upgrade to that certified residential status and be able to, to, to embrace that book of business again. Precisely. But... Maybe you won't even have to do that. What What's going on right now? Isn't there some pending stuff? Yes. Talk about that. There is a, uh, a bill pending with the U.S. Congress, and I wish I could remember the HR number now. You gave it to me. I, I wrote it, it down, but I don't have it in yeah. front of me. Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, this bill would once again allow licensed appraisers to perform appraisals for HUD, for FHA. That's assignments. wonderful. And yep. that's that. where is that in the... Um, legislation right now it was just introduced into okay. the committee so uh on on the house side i believe um so uh we're just going to keep an eye on it you know things don't happen as quickly in washington dc as they do at the state level so right it right. can take a little bit of time but there's bipartisan support for for the initiative and you know as i understand it um the the whole reason that licensed appraisers were not allowed to complete appraisals for fha anymore was simply a typographical yeah, error in yeah. the original Isn't legislation. That something? Amazing how something like that. Came and out. it took them forever to find the typo. <laughs> right. And uh, and you know they didn't grandfather those folks in. I really thought they would. I thought they would too. And they didn't. You know, so much for me thinking. Right. Uh-huh. So talk about real quick, and 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 I won't I won't keep you much longer. But 
you guys had something happen in Oregon that's pretty exciting for appraisers. And it, it, is it fair to say it's as a consequence of you guys getting organized yes. and being proactive? Right. Tell our listeners about that. Well, uh, earlier this year, or I guess it was late last year, I contacted a representative um, in my state and uh, somebody that I work with in the past on um, lots of other pieces of legislation and asked him if he would take a look at uh, the issue of evaluations. In Oregon, the way that the language is stated, um, appraisers cannot complete evaluations outside of the confines of USPAP, which basically means they are not evaluations anymore. They're right, appraisals. Right, right, right. So, but interestingly, the statute also says that um, that folks, that non-appraisers can't, uh, can't complete, can't issue opinions of value. So basically, who's doing evaluations in Oregon? <laughs> Appraisers can't do it, and other people can't talk about value, so... It was very confusing, yes. Uh, So uh, anyway, um, we had a piece, I and uh, the Oregon Coalition um, of Real Estate Appraisers, um, and we had legislation introduced that would allow appraisers to complete evaluations completely outside of the confines of USPAP. The appraiser board has no regulatory authority over evaluations Hmm. and appraisers can complete them uh, outside of USPAP. We simply have to state that they are not appraisals. That's awesome. It is. And so it's opened up a whole new potential for business for appraisers that they didn't have a few years ago. That's precisely it. And don't get me wrong, you can take an evaluation and make it an appraisal. We all understand that. But it takes us out of the game. Yeah. You know, the price point that that it takes for us to make a document you Path right. compliant. Right. right. It, the the guy next door that's doing them doesn't have. They that. don't have right. the same the same. So we just wanted a level playing field. That's all we were asking. And that's a home run. Congratulations, home by run. the way, for that. We're very excited about it. So, Lori, I mean, clearly we would love for the, for our listeners to join the National Association of Appraisers. We think it's a great organization, and we think it uh, it really is helping appraisers that aren't even members right. of the NAA. Right. But. I know, I, just because I know, there's somebody out there listening right now that's going to listen to this podcast and they're going to say, gosh, that was just a, that, that was just a sales pitch for NAA. That, I mean, it, there, you know, there's a lot of negative people out there. So if somebody is like, you know, would you recommend they join their state association or another organization or, you know, what is your idea about getting involved? You know, it doesn't matter to me what organization a person gets involved with. Just get involved. You know, this profession has given so much to each of us. I think that we deserve to give back. Now, if if I could only choose one organization to be a part of, if my state had one, I would first go to my state coalition. So much happens at the state level in real estate appraisal. Right. So we have to focus on that. From there, I would personally choose the National Association of Appraisers. And the reason for that is because we are absolutely an advocacy group where we don't provide education, except for education that you, the the continuing education you obtain by participating in the summit. Right. Um, But we're not an education provider. We team with fantastic education (laughs) providers. Um, But we're here to advocate and we spend, we've got hundreds if not thousands of man hours every year, completely 100% volunteer. 
year right. working on nothing but appraisal. Well, we all have full-time jobs, but working on appraisal issues. No hobbies outside of that, of course. Um, sure. But I would go with the state at the state level first and then with the National Association of Appraisers. Um, and from there, maybe you can explain the Board of Governors a little bit more, or I can, whichever you'd like. Yeah, so so joining your state association, I believe, you know, I'll echo what Laurie's saying there. You know, if Utah passes a law, which they recently did, they did. but yay Utah, how's that help you if you're in Indiana? You know, it probably doesn't. So I, I echo what Laurie's saying is, you know, get involved with your local, with your state organization, if you don't have one, start one, right? I, I and four of my colleagues did just that last year. Yeah. So if somebody's out there and they say, hey, we don't have an association, and they want to reach out to you for help, would your response be, sure, call me, or would your response be, heck, no, you're not a member of the NAA. I'm not going to help you. Yeah, go figure it out yourself. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, give me a call anytime. And, you know, obviously we just started our coalition, um, but we've got experts in, in the area. So uh, we've got Mike Brunson with Nevada and John Dingman with Arizona. And just we've got so many resources available. So give me a call. I'll put you in touch with whoever needs to be put in touch with. So you talked briefly about the Board of Governors, and let's just let's just talk real quickly on that. I joined my state association. Yes. Okay. There's this thing where we can have a relationship with NAA, but why do we need that? You know, if we're just kind of tunnel vision here and we're looking at what, what helps me as a state appraiser and I'm going to devote all my time and energy with the state, why would I, why would I want to do that? You know, what? it's just the, the nature of the United States of America. Something can happen in, let's say, the state of New York. A law gets passed or something mm -hmm. like that or, or almost gets passed. And let's say it's something really bad for appraisers and they fight that battle there. Well, you know that's going to pop up all across the country, mm -hmm. um, you know, could end up in Oregon. And then, you know, we can learn from the experiences of the other state coalitions about what to do, both positive and negative legislation. Right. How do we go about getting an evaluations bill passed? I tell, give me a call. We got the language. It, sure. You know, it passed unanimously. Hey, if it worked in your state, maybe it'll work in our exactly. state, right? Let, let's talk real quickly, though, about national representation. I mean, I believe, in, in, and I'll use Texas, and I might be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the ATA used to send someone from Texas to represent them on an advisory council, and now they don't have to. Right. The Appraisal, the Appraisal Foundation Advisory Council, also known as TAFAC, is uh, one of the councils that advises the Appraisal Foundation. Okay. So ATA actually does have a TAFAC member. Okay. Um, and uh, But most, I can't think, oh, Massachusetts maybe has, has a member. Okay. Maybe North Carolina. But that's it. And so uh, the... The National Association of Appraisers does have a TAFAC rep representative. It's Michael Brunson. Right, um, right. And so we have a seat at the table. In fact, Michael was actually appointed as chair of the ASB advisory committee. So, Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, so we've got a, a huge amount of uh, influence in, in that regard that most, uh, most organizations do not have. Even sure. the Appraisal Institute. Sure. Well, the, the final note is that now um, the NAA has decided to go to the appraisal community. So now we have another conference, 
that we're involved with, and we do that in the spring. We started our first one in Nashville. Uh, this year we were in Salt Lake City, and in 2020 we're going to be in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Mississippi. And so we're, we're coming to a city near you, right? Is right. that fair to say? And so we represent appraisers all across the country. So we want to be able, it's, it's great to come to Vegas and we want you to come to Vegas, yep. but hopefully we'll come closer to you as well. So it's a little bit more cost efficient that maybe we're you know in, in close proximity to where the appraisal community might be. Lori Egan, thank you so much for being on the show. I know uh, I had to kind of tackle her to bring her over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's awesome. But I know you're a busy person and everybody wants your time because you're very knowledgeable. You're, you're great to chat with. you got a lot of ideas and, and, uh, and you're just a great person. So thank you so much for taking a minute out to set with me. Well, you're just a flatterer, aren't you? <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Oh, no, it's all true. For you, anything and anytime. I thank you very much. Hey, Lori, if somebody does want to reach out to you, they say, hey, I don't have a state association, and I'm going to call that Lori, right? Uh, how Do you have an email address or something you'd be comfortable giving? How, how could somebody reach out to you? I would. Let me give my personal email address. Okay. I'll say it, and then I'll, I'll spell it, because okay. my name is easy to say, not so intuitive to <laughs> it spell. It is. It is. So it's lori at eganoffice.com, and that's L-A-U-R-I-E at E-G-A-N, as in Nancy, office.com. Very good. Lori Egan, uh, General Manager with the William Fall Group. Thank you one more time for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning.